Welcome to Moments of Grace. I trust it's going to be an exciting and scintillating time in God's Word. God bless you as you listen today. Psalm 51 verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. The King James said, the original King James says, said, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin was I conceived. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Popular scripture there, I'm sure we all know it. It said, all have sinned. Somebody say all. Let me look at your neighbor and say, that must include you too. Mm-hmm. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want to talk to us this morning from the subject. It's a, it's a popular cliche in this church, and I think it's right. I agree with it. Uh, loving the sinner, hating the sin. My father, um, he passed away in 1995, March 1995. He was 57 years old. Uh, his demise was very sudden, very unexpected. The whole thing, I think, took about two weeks. He just became sick. I, growing up with him, I really thought that he was going to live forever. <laughs> Praise the Lord, because I, I can't remember him ever being sick. I can't remember him ever being in bed and not going to work because I, all of my, I, I, I never had any kind of picture of him like that. And I wasn't even home. I wasn't, I wasn't, this was back home in Nigeria. I wasn't home. I was already here in the States at the time. Uh, and um, everything just quickly, and he passed away. Uh, when he did, he was a lawyer. When he did, he had a will. And uh, he actually had about four versions of his will. I think he, he, he needs to, he used to renew it every year. Uh, or every time something changed, was heavily in real estate, so every time he acquired another property, he renewed the wheel and things of that nature. And of course, because he had real property, you know, just like there over here, anytime you have real property, you become a target. Something happens to you, people want to come after you. So when his demise happened, you know, I realized I had uncles that I never knew of, <laughs> relatives that you know, and, uh, you know, because, you know, I come from a Muslim home, we're Muslims. The culture in Islam is that when your husband dies, you have to stay indoor for 40 days. Okay? One of my uncle, he put himself, he put my mother, and he put me, who was not in the country, as the executor of my father's will. <laughs> you know? He knows my mother is locked up for 40 days. He knows I'm not in the country. So obviously, he wanted to do what he wanted to do with the old man's stuff. Praise the Lord. But luckily, he had a will. And that will legally spelled out what he wanted done with all of his assets. So in fact, when he was sick, he had called one of my uncles and gave him the will. And when all of these other uncles and relatives were popping up from everywhere, he just called a meeting. He read the will, and that sorted it out. If my father had not had a will, there would have been gross chaos in that family. 
I'm telling you, of unimagined proportion. Because one of the terrible things about greed is not even just for the things that folks are greedy about. It's how much it damages relationships and wounds people and people who are keen and kindred and supposed to love each other. You become enemies overnight all because of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But you see, my father hadn't always had a will. There was a time that he didn't have a will. At least I, I think that there must have been a time that he didn't have a will. You understand what I'm saying? It was just a good thing that when his demise occurred, he had a current valid will in place. And I think many of us need to learn from that because I know many of us are either from or know people that who, who daddy died and all of his assets went all over the place because either daddy didn't have a will or nobody knew where daddy's will was. Are you with me? In God's dealing with man, God didn't always have a documented will. Adam did not operate under a will when he walked the face of this earth and in his journey with God. Noah did not have a will. Abraham did not have a will. Praise the Lord. But it got a time that I think like any wise father should do to get a will to document what they want done after they were gone. So he got to a time that in his dealings with his children, in his dealings with his people, God executed a will. Praise the Lord. And there are two facets of that will. There is the old will, what we call the old covenant, what you call the Old Testament. There is the new will, which we call the new covenant of the New Testament. Just like my father had about four versions, the newest version superseded every prior version. And the most recent version was the valid version. Praise the Lord. The same thing with God. The newest testament or the newest will superseded the Old Testament. Now, even though my father's will was a valid legal document when he executed it, and let me tell you, let me tell you, let me, let me, let me just give you a knowledge about that. Anybody, any, anytime anybody writes you a letter and they don't sign it, it is useless. We call it sign. The legal people call it execute. Praise the Lord. Don't you ever go by anything that is not executed. Hello. Because it is when you sign it, <laughs> you are doing something. So please always think about what you are. Okay. 
When he signed it, it became a valid will. But the will was not enforceable until he died. Because the will said, oh, my father then just let me put him on front seat this morning. He wanted all of his assets to come to his estate in his name. He wanted the funds to fund any of his sons. He had four sons. Any of his sons that wanted to get an education. He said, let that estate fund that education. So I could still go to school and have my father's estate pay for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Until, until they are done. Then he said, whatever remained after that should be shared equally between his four sons. You understand what I'm saying? That was what his will stated. Nobody wants to sell anything. Wanted everything to come into that estate to fund any educational aspiration of any son and, and that. Any son could stay in any house, but they have to pay the fair market price of the house to the estate. But that was not enforceable until he died in March 1995. Because even though a will is valid and legal, it does not go into effect until the willer or the testator or the exec of the, or the you know the signer of the will, the testator of the will dies. Praise the Lord. Well, I come to let you know that God is a loving father. He did execute a will for his children. And the will was not enforceable until God died. That's why God dying in the person of Jesus, I, I needed you to understand the significance of it. Why we celebrate Easter. Because when he died, then the will became enforceable. Praise the Lord. Now you cannot enforce the will if you do not even read the will. Because like I told you, there are men who have a will, but they die, but nobody knew, knows where the will is. Until there's chaos. So this will is more than just a good book. It's more than just a holy book. It's more than just a spiritual book. It is a valid, enforceable, legal document that speaks to our relationship with God that became enforceable when the testator, God himself, died. Now let me tell you the ramification of it. It means that the day you became a Christian, the day I became a Christian, I lost the right to think for myself. Hello, somebody. Because I cannot say that Jesus is my Lord and then begin to cherry pick about what I like about his instruction. 
Oh, he said that. I think I like that. That sounds okay. He said that. I think that's fine. Uh, wife, submit to your husband. Ah, no, I really love that one. But husband, love your wife. I'm going to Christ. Love oh, my God. No, no, no. I think I'm going to pick that. No, no, you can't do that. Praise the Lord. You lost your right to do that. I lost my right to have an opinion, to have a perspective, to have a decision on social issues that the Bible expressly talk, talks about the day I became a Christian. Praise the Lord. My opinion now, because my life now is no longer mine. What I'm saying, what I said on that day when I became a Christian, April, April 5th, 1987, is that Jesus come and be the Lord of my life. In other words, I ceased to intellectualize or rationalize what I think is right or wrong. All of that I put in the garbage. Now I'm saying, Lord, because you are the Lord of my life, I call right what you say is right. I agree is wrong what you decide is wrong. Because I recognize you as Alpha and Omega. And I'm determined that you are bigger than I am. And I know you know the end from the beginning. So I refuse to make decisions based on my perceptions because my perceptions are limited. I refuse to formulate opinions based on my thinking because I know your ways are higher than my ways. Even if I don't understand it right now, Lord, I declare that you are good and you are God and you are final and you are right. And whatever you say about it, that settles it. It makes no difference what he said or what she said or what Oprah said or what they said on TV or what our politicians doing. It makes all the difference what you say, Lord. Yes. We have been watching, uh, we're watching an interesting event on TV. I know some of you must have been watching it. Because 17 million people tuned in across the country to watch it. The interview between Diane Sawyer and Bruce Jenner. You know who Bruce Jenner is keeping up with the Kardashians? Don't you all look holy on me? Because now at least 7 million people came in, an additional 10 million people tuned in to watch the interview. Where we, where we saw this Olympic decathlon champion, gold winner, in 1974. The epitome of a macho man. Now, having surgery to take off his Adam's apple, and to grow his hair long, taking hormones. He does look strange. And you know, some supported him, some are confused, even his children, the same thing. They, 
what's going on with his families, what's going on with the rest of us. We just, what is this? Now, in the interview, he told Diane that he, 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 that he has the soul of the woman. I, I, and I don't, I don't understand. I can't, I cannot speak to what I don't understand. So I refuse to join the company of those who judge. But I have something to say with, to Mr. Jenner. I have something to say. Just in case you're watching, I have something to say to you, sir. That you are not the first person who is going to be confused about some area in your life. And for you, it may be in your gender. For some of us, it's in our relationship. For some of us, it's in our business. Can we speak the truth? For some of us, it's about a job. For others of us, it's about who we are supposed to marry. For others of us, it's about our life mission. We're just confused. But confusion is the inevitable result of the lack of a solid relationship with God. Oh, God. When I don't have, when a product does not have direct communication with its manufacturer, then the product does not know how to function. Now, another product cannot be the one to tell the product how to function optimally. So I am not the person to tell Mr. Jenner who he really is. But I also know this, Mr. Jenner is not the person. Bruce Jenner is not the person to tell Bruce Jenner who he really is. Why? Because all Bruce Jenner is, is a product. If you want to know who you are, Mr. Jenner, you have to move from what he said and what he said and what even you said and go to what he said. Because he is your maker and he's the one that knows who you are. Whether the confusion is about your gender, or the confusion is about your identity, or the confusion is about your life's mission, or the confusion is about your job, your vocation, your relationship, who you're supposed to marry, what you're supposed to do, only God can tell you who you are. Last Sunday, I made a statement. And I have to come back to clarify the statement so that my position is not misunderstood. I said we have a habit in the church. For whatever reason, somebody says something and we hear it and it sounds religious. And then we become echoes of what somebody said instead of being spokesmen of what God said. Now I know there is it seems like there is a military terrorist. Is that a word in the back? In the military, that's like military. It seems like there's a military agenda by many involved in alternative lifestyle in our community that many of us in the evangelical camp are concerned about. But I'm not sure some of our responses have been ideal. I'm not sure it is. It has been. And you see, two wrongs 
will never make it right. And so we've come up with stuff like 95% of those who are gays have been abused. Well, there's no data to support that. There's no science that uh, uh, expounds that. And the Bible, sure, never said that. We stuff like homosexuality is a choice. That is found in no place in the Bible. What does the Bible say then, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. If you didn't ask, I'll, I'll ask for you. Let's go look at what the Bible says. This is important. The Bible says we must have a readiness to answer appropriately anytime we're questioned about our faith. Can we go look at what the Bible says? And not just echo what somebody said. Because I believe a biblical response is what will garner a righteous consequence on this seemingly seeming concern by many of us, because we're just not concerned about our generation, we're concerned about the coming generation. Praise the Lord. Well, first of all, the psalmist said in that 51 verse 5, we can put it back, he said, I was conceived in sin, fashioned in iniquity. I was conceived in sin. I was shaped in iniquity. What the Bible does teach is that every single one of us supported in the New Testament, Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and come to the glory of God. Every single one of us has some tendency to ungodly behavior. You may not want to admit it, but that's the truth. Nobody has to be taught to lie. Nobody took a one-on-one -on -one class on cheating. Hello, somebody. Isn't it funny that we have to spend so much money to educate our children to do what's right? And we spend nothing at all. In fact, we wish nothing at all. In fact, we pray all the evil away and steal. Somebody says S-T-I-L-L. That's what I'm going to say about that. I don't know where they got it from. Praise the Lord. But the reality is every single one of us have, we, 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 we have been shipped. That's, that's what scripture states. The specificity of the iniquity is irrelevant. According to the Bible. Because the Bible, unlike what we do, never separates one sin as bigger than the other. Some of us, there are people that are naturally attracted to animals, naturally attracted to children. This is the reality. To different things. See, this is the basis of my opposition to gay marriage. And I have a right to state my position. Because marriage is not even about Christianity. Marriage was way before Christianity. Marriage is not for, just for Christians. Before Christ came, there was marriage. What are we talking about? Marriage predates civilization. It predates nationality. It predated family. 
It was instituted by God himself. This is not a Christian thing or a Muslim thing or a Jewish thing. This is a God thing. And you see, as human beings, we have the right to improve on stuff that we do. Let me give you an example. In medicine, there has been such improvement. About 20 years ago, when somebody has a heart attack, right? Cardiologists always just give aspirin. Many of them die. Now a heart attack, oh my God, it stays that, puts that, called so much advancement within the last 10, 15 years. You know why? Because that's what man made. Whatever God made, because, let me come back, because man is human. So we are always pushing the envelope and getting better, and we ought to, because it's man-made. But whatever God made, God is perfect. You can never improve on it. That's why you cannot improve on the sun, because it was not man-made, it was God-made. You cannot improve on the moon, you cannot improve on the stars, you cannot improve on you, because you were not made by you or made by another man, you were made by God. Whatever God made, oh Lord, that's the difference. Because we're talking about let's evolve, man. A lot of our politicians are evolving from one position. And it's okay to evolve on a matter that is human. But when it is God, and it was God that said it was between one man and one woman. So we cannot evolve from that, and we cannot improve on that, and we cannot uh, be psychedelic about that, and we cannot grow away from that, because this is God, baby, and no man can improve on it. Thanks for listening to our broadcast today. I trust you are truly blessed by the word. Today's message is available in its entirety by visiting us on our website. If you want to receive Jesus into your life, why don't you pray this simple prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come and be my Savior. I give my life to you. If you pray that simple prayer, we believe that you have been born again. Please call us. Let us know. If you have any prayer requests or any help, please call into our office or send us an email. We're here to help you in your journey with God. If you're ever in or around the Houston, Texas area, you need to join us for one of our services. Our services are just simply out of this world. We'll be expecting to see you. Our praise and worship is impeccable. The messages are practical and life-changing, and the community of faith here is just wonderful. We would love to have you. But if you can't join us because of geography or location, you can always tune in on live stream by going on our website and seeing our times. God bless you. We'll be back here with some more word next week at this station at this time. God bless you.